In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Please be seated. The year before I was born, uh, Maurice Sindak uh, published the children's book, Where the Wild Things Are. I'm not sure exactly when that book came into our family, but I remember that book as being among the very first I grew up with. I knew well that story of Max, the little boy who puts on a wolf costume and then gets into trouble and is sent to his room. There in his room, whether through a dream or something else, Max's room becomes a wild jungle. He sets sail on a boat and he reaches an island where there are these huge, scary beasts. This is the place where the wild things roared terrible roars and gnashed their terrible teeth and rolled their terrible eyes and showed their terrible claws. Wild places can seem like that, full of strange beasts roaring and gnashing with scary mysteries lurking behind every corner. For Max, the little boy in the story, the wild place is a long, long way from home, a long way from family and good food. Whether we've spent our whole lives in cities or perhaps spent some time in the wilderness, the wild place exists in an almost archetypal way for all of us, I think. The wild place represents something dark and deep in our unconscious. For many throughout history, the city was the safe place. It was the barbarians who lived out in the suburbs. Not too long ago, I believe it was Manhattan Mini Storage that played on this idea in their ad campaigns of suggesting bad things happen when you go to the suburbs. It's an old idea that the city is the place of order and care. Uh, St. Augustine envisioned the city of God as being the ultimate place of of order where people uh, dealt with each other and understood the love of God in an orderly, careful way. The city was thought to be a holy place, a place of charity and community and faithfulness. And so unlike the city, the wilderness was everything else. It was disorderly. Rules could shift and change in the wilderness, or rules don't seem to exist at all. The wilderness is a place of monsters and demons, of of chaos and calamity. And so deep down in most of us, there's a fear of the wilderness, We see it in scripture. The people of Israel wander for 40 years in the wilderness. Jesus himself, right after his baptism, goes into the wilderness and meets the devil. How strange then, how strange in the mind of God and in the life of faith that God's word comes from the wilderness. In the first reading from Baruch, the message is to those who are in the wilderness, hold on, you're going to be brought back. 
Sorrow and affliction will be turned into beauty and glory. God will bring you back. Even on a royal throne you'll return. No one will be forgotten. No one will be lost. Everyone will be included in the new vision, the new Israel, which Baruch promises will be a place filled with joy and glory and mercy and righteousness, all good things. The word of God comes to John the Baptist in the wilderness. And John seems to have kept one foot in the wilderness throughout his short ministry. Whether his preaching was in the outlying areas or in the courts of King Herod, John retained a sense of that wild place in his appearance and in his theology. John's is the voice of one crying in the wilderness using Isaiah's words, prepare the way of the Lord. John the Baptist seems to have been strengthened by the wilderness. He seems to have felt God's call, especially strong in the wild places, in such a way that he was then able to convey that sense of God's presence into the tamer places. John the Baptist's word is especially appropriate for us, I think, because even though we live in a city, most of us, and we may like to live in a spiritual city, a, a place where things are orderly and harmonious and, and faithful and connected to God, most of us probably do live with some sense of the wilderness, some sense of the untame and the unruly In other words, every day is not Christmas for most of us. Every day is not filled with excitement and assurance, the kind sung by the Virgin Mary or or Zechariah. When they know God is with them and God's doing something special for too many and certainly many among our number, the the day-to-day experience of God is, is less than being near the manger, just an arm's reach from Jesus. But instead, it's more like being in the wilderness, sometimes being a little lost in the wilderness. It can happen almost anywhere. It can happen at almost any time. But especially at this time of the year, one can be in the midst of an office party between uh, laughter and lightness, right when everybody else seems to be enjoying themselves, and then all of a sudden you feel completely alone, like you're in the wilderness. Or as Christmas approaches and travel is expensive and time off is short, and the ones you love are far away, Uh, Maybe you can feel like you're a little bit stuck in the wilderness. Or perhaps it's because of health, your own, or, or someone you love. Maybe you just don't feel much like celebrating this year. And so you feel a little cut off and removed. Who knows what it is that might put you in that wilderness place that might make us feel like we've been put into a place of exile. Maybe it's the the death of a friend or a loved one or the anniversary of that death. Maybe it's the ending or the change in a relationship or again the anniversary of that change. Maybe it's problems at work or in a relationship or in family dynamics or even in your sense of God. 
The stresses of this time of year, whatever they may be, can put us in the wilderness. But for those of us who are there, whether just for a moment or for a long time, let the word of God be heard. Prepare. Prepare, John says, prepare the way of the Lord. Make his paths straight. Because every valley shall be filled and every mountain and hill shall be brought low. The crooked will be straightened right up and the rough made smooth. And all flesh, everybody everywhere will see God's salvation. All flesh, all people, every one of us will see the salvation, the the saving strength, the saving love, the saving mercy and redemption of God. There's hope in that message There is a way out. There is a way forward. And that way is filled and lighted by Christ. In Sindak's book, Where the Wild Things Are, you may remember Max is made king of the wild things. But eventually there's something about the wilderness, something he learns from the wild things themselves or perhaps even from the wild thing within himself. Something Max learns makes him miss home. And so Max renounces his kingship in that other realm. He sets sail. He returns home where a warm dinner is waiting. All is forgiven. Whether we spend our time in the wilderness or in the city of God, the Spirit of God invites us with words that urge us to know God's presence more deeply this season. May we prepare our hearts through repentance, through cleansing, through turning over whatever blocks us from the way and the will of God, so that we might know God and know his love for us and for the world. May we know God's Spirit Even in the wild places, that spirit that is with us, but brings us home. And so with Advent hope in Christ and with Maurice Sendak, we can say in all faith, let the wild rumpus start. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.